Lord of the Lord. You've been sitting for a little while. And uh, if you fall asleep while I'm preaching, it's not your fault, it's mine. All right, I'll try to keep you, keep you awake here. Luke in chapter number two. And we're gonna begin reading in verse number 25. Under the Jewish law, uh, Mary and Joseph, of course, uh, are headed down to the house of God because having this child by the name of Jesus, Mary was rendered unclean by the Levitical law and was required for her purification to make a sacrifice. And uh, they're a poor family, so all they can afford to bring is a, a couple of turtle doves. Uh, they couldn't afford a lamb. And so she and Joseph make the trip uh, down to the house of God. And uh, uh, this seasoned saint of God comes into her path, of uh, both the paths of these individuals. But I want to focus in on Simeon. And one thing that he said, verse number 25 of Luke chapter number two, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. I'll stop and say something right there, parenthetically. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit of God to lead us and to guide us. And one place he will lead you is down at the house of God. That's where God led him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. That sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds wonderful. Verse 33, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Verse 34, and Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. But then the message changes and it said for a sign which shall be spoken against, verse 35, yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Thank you. You can be seated. I do appreciate you standing. Now I want to preach out of the latter part of verse number 35 as the title of the message this morning of that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And by way of introduction this morning, I, everything that is the root of the problem. We can talk about vices of this world. We can talk about drinking. We can talk about doping. We can talk about gambling. We can talk about those things. But if you get down to the root of the problem in the heart of every lost individual, if you get down to the heart of the problem, the problem is the heart. Psalm 53 and verse one said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity. Uh, some would probably never openly say there is no God. We've got people that's in America today that <clears throat> they will testify. They'll say, well, we don't believe there's a God. I promise you, you'll never come in contact with an EMT that has an individual that is uh, passing over into eternity. I promise you those individuals are going to believe in God. You'll never meet an EMT that'll tell you, no, they denied God all the way to the grave. There will be people that will believe in God, but they will believe too late. 
uh, but you live like this and you live against God's teaching, you may not say it openly. You may not say, I don't believe that there is a God, but the Bible said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That means you're living like there is no God. Your attitude is like there is no God. You live your lifestyle like there is no penalty for sin. And obviously they don't really believe in their heart that there's a God because if they did, they would understand the severity of the judgment of God and their necessity to get their heart right with God. Uh, if you did really uh, understand in your heart what a big deal it is to be right with God, I believe you would do that this morning. Uh, and people say, well, I've heard this all my life. I've heard all of that. Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 11 says, because sentence against an evil work is not ex executed speedily, Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. I thought about a man by the name of Simon. He desired to purchase the Holy Ghost. And Peter told him in Acts 8, verse 21, he said, Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. That's your question this morning. Is your heart right, not in my sight, and not in your neighbor's sight, but is your heart right with God? Could you say wholeheartedly that my heart is right with God this morning. Uh, as far as I can tell, that man never got saved in Acts chapter number eight. Maybe he did, I don't know. But I thought in that very same chapter, a man's heart who was not right with God, in that very same chapter in the book of Acts in chapter eight, verse 37, and Philip said, if thou believest, he's talking about the Ethiopian eunuch, and he said, if thou believest with all thine heart, that Ethiopian eunuch said, I tell you what, I, I, I want to get saved by the grace of God, and after that, I want to get baptized, and he said, if you believe with all your heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Because what you believe in your heart will affect your behavior. I, I know that I've got more than just a head knowledge of Jesus Christ this morning because Jesus is in my heart. He is in my drive. He's in my will. He's in my will. I mean, listen, he is in the deepest recesses of my soul. And I know he's changed my life because he's changed my heart. That is the difference in somebody having a historical knowledge of Jesus and a heart knowledge of Jesus. I think there's a lot of people that believe in Jesus Christ just like they believe in George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, or anybody else in history. It's not just that. It is a heart knowledge. Does God have your heart this morning? Uh, does he have your heart? The Bible said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Second Corinthians 4, 6, he said, For God, who commandeth the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I remember when the light came on in my life. I remember my heart was so dark and my heart was so black with sin. But I remember when the light of the glorious gospel shined in my heart. I remember when the Holy Ghost cut on the searchlight. I remember when the Holy Ghost put the beam of conviction in my heart and broke my stony heart and made me a brand new heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Ghost did that. And what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. How's your heart? Uh, the, and listen, here's what he said. He said, Jesus is coming. And he said, for one reason, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. First of all, I want you to look. There was a revelation. God used a spirit-filled saint of God. God used a man of God with the Holy Spirit working in his life with a message. And here's what he said. 
He said, you're going to see some blessings of God. He said, a light to lighten the Gentiles. Buddy, you talk about a blessing because they've been waiting this for hundreds and hundreds of years. They've been waiting on this fulfillment that the Messiah was coming. The Old Testament prophets, they would say, Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. The anointed one is coming. The Christ is coming. And so how, how exciting this message is. I mean, he's giving this message to the people that are there and that's exciting. He says, you're going to have some blessings. There's going to be some things happen in your life, there's going to be some great things that's going to happen in the life of everybody in my hearing. That's what Simeon said. And so thank God for that because every blessing that we have today is because of Jesus Christ. If you've got a blessing, spiritual or temporal, uh, it is a result of Jesus Christ. I tell you, in him we live and we move and we have our being. Thank God for the blessings of God. Thank God for all the blessings. Count your blessings one by one. Uh, some woman said one time, said I can't count them one by one. I've got to count them ton by ton. I think about how God, it's a blessing to be saved this morning. Amen. It's a blessing to have a Bible. It's a blessing to be in church. It's a blessing to have the Holy Spirit to comfort us and to help us. What a great blessing to be saved by the grace of God. What a blessing it is to know that God will save you and God will sustain you and God will satisfy you. I'm satisfied this morning in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said there's going to be a whole lot of blessings that's going to come in your life because of the birth of Jesus Christ. Let me run this. Let me preach a little bit right here. Thank God for the blessings that we have uh, this morning because of Jesus Christ and what he did for you and I at the cross of Calvary. Thank God we don't have to worry about dying and going to hell. We don't have to worry about the judgment to come. We don't have to worry about the white throne judgment. If you've been saved by the grace of God, praise God, the only fire that you'll ever feel is burning in your heart. I'm glad I'm saved. I, hey, listen, I tell you, if everybody had what I had, I'd shut down every dope dealer in Gordon County. I'd shut down every meth lab. I mean, listen, people talking about, well, I'm gonna play the lottery and win a billion dollars. Well, if you end up playing the lottery and winning a billion dollars, I mean, listen, if you give half of it to the church, your secret's my secret. I won't tell them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You don't need to play the lottery. I'll tell you what you need. You need to get a good dose of heaven sent, Jordan wide, Holy Ghost salvation. Hey, you don't need to hit the lottery. Praise God, you need to meet the Lord. And when you meet Jesus Christ, he'll give you everything you need. He'll give you things that money can't buy. Thank God for the blessings in the life since Jesus came into my heart. When Jesus came down to this world, I'm telling you, he lived on this world, uh, earth, walked 33 and a half years, had no sin, did no sin, could not have sinned to go to Calvary to give you and I this great salvation that we have this morning. Thank God, what a revelation. But something else happened. With that revelation that you're gonna see some blessings, he said, you're also gonna see some piercings. There's also gonna be some times in your life that, the, that, a soul, that your soul is gonna be pierced. He said, there's gonna be some conflict, not just a little conflict, but when the Bible said that a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, what it's talking about when the Romans, when they would, and they would tote a sword, it would be a smaller sword that they had in a scabbard next to their side. And it, it was not very long, but it was enough to get the job done. 
But when, when he says this, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, it's talking about a very large weapon. It's talking about a large sword that is very heavy. And he said there's gonna be a sword that's gonna pierce through thine own soul also. I mean, listen, I, I try to keep it real and I try to preach it right. And I try to tell you how it is. I wish I could tell you that there would be no more problems after you're saved. I wish I could tell you there'd never be no heartaches on the way to heaven. I wish I could tell you there'd never be no troubles, never be no problems, never be no conflicts in your life. But that's just not biblical. It's just not right. To say everything is gonna be smooth sailing. I'll say this. Thank God I'm not sailing by myself. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know the captain of the ship. But there's gonna be trouble and gonna be hardships here in this life. I know the guys on TBN, the prosperity guys, they'll tell you if you're right with God, you won't never have problems. You won't never get sick. You won't never have an issue at all. You'll never be afflicted. All your bills always be paid. You'll have money to burn. You'll have everything. You won't never have problems. You won't never have an issue in this life. The only thing about that is that is not true. Some of the most godly people that I know are going through suffering. And some of the most godly people I know are going through sorrow. That's reality. But aren't you glad this ain't all there is to it? But I will say this, there's gonna be times in this life that you're gonna go through suffering. The name Mary is related to the Old Testament name of Miriam, which means bitter. He said there's gonna be some bitter times in your life. And I wish, listen, you know, the songwriters talked about that how that God kindly veils our eyes or shields our eyes and don't let us see down the road. You know, we want to see down the road. We want to see what's going to happen on down the road. God kindly, a lot of times, shields that from us and not let us see those kind of things. But I promise you, listen, he knows what's happening in the future, but he kindly sometimes shields us from that because we wouldn't want to go through it. We'd say, God, I can't handle it, but I'm telling you there's going to be issues. And he said there's going to be a sword that's going to pierce through your soul. And certainly there had been some bitter times in Mary's life. I mean, listen, she's growing up. She's with child. The religious people, and I tell you, the hardest people on you will be religious people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. They'll be some of the meanest, most arrogant people. And they jumped on Mary and they, all the way through Christ's life, they accused him of being born of fornication, of her committing that relationship during the betrayal period and committing fornication with Joseph. And so the religious crowd is ridiculing her. Uh, she's from Nazareth, which is a despised place. And so no doubt there's been bitter times. Her life started out with bitterness. Her life started out with persecution. And listen, Simeon comes in with a positive message, uh, but not just a positive message, but a piercing message that things in your life are sometimes gonna go bad. They're not always gonna be good. Job 14.1 said, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 8, he said, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of your trouble which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure above strength in so much we despaired of life. And because we're faithful in doing God's will does not mean that you're not going to face adversity. It does not mean, listen, if God's, if God's allowed something in your life, I'll tell you what he's doing. He's making you, he's getting you to a place where you realize that you have got to have him, that he is your sustenance, but 
but there's going to be things in your life that are not going to go well. There's going to be sad phone calls. There's going to be surprise trials. There's going to be temptations in this life. And there's going to be some times where you do not know what to do in your life. Simeon is preparing her for that situation. And she said, Mary, it's a, it's a high time right now. You've had this baby boy. The angel had already appeared unto him. Mary, there's some good times. And thank God for the good times. But I tell you what, the Bible said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You're not gonna escape it. Matthew 5, verse 45. Said that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. You know, just like this sword, he said there's gonna be a sword that's gonna pierce through your soul also. And what he's saying, he said, Mary, there's gonna be some times in your life where bitterness is gonna cut you to the bone. There's gonna be some times in your life where the trial's gonna cut you plumb down to the quick. There's gonna be some times in your life where you're gonna be so heavy and you're gonna be encompassed with these trials and these conflicts. I tell you, that's just the Christian life. You see somebody say, don't ever have no problems, never have no issues, don't ever have any trials, never any testing of their faith. And that person is either not saved or that person is not trying to do anything for God. God was using Mary in a great and mighty way. And part of that usage was going to be to go through trials. How many of us, Miss Jimmy, have looked over at you and seen you in the wheelchair and see you come in the house of God? You don't have to say nothing. You don't have to say nothing. Unless I ask you to sing, I would sometimes like you to say. You don't have to say nothing. You don't have to sing nothing. You can sit right there, give out some Starburst, save the Reese's Cups for me, and that's between me and you. Well, now I the whole wide world. But listen. You don't have to do anything. It's just the fact that we see in the house of God. I see others that are here that are going through trials and troubles. We got a church. I got a whole bunch of widows in the church, but they're still serving God. They've still got a smile on their face. Praise God, that helps you and I to look and see what's going on in their life and see that the bitterness does not consume them. There's gonna be some times in your life, I tell you where people's gonna cut you to the bone. We're not gonna escape that. Someone said one time, hurt people, hurt people. That's exactly right. You say, well, it's a heart issue. You know, we've got to look beyond the fact of the person and see the problem and see what that evil heart is producing. I tell you, envious people will hurt you. Angry people will cut you to the bone. Somebody said speech really reveals what's going on inside of us. And that's exactly right. Bitter people will hurt people. And here's what he said. He said, there's gonna be some times in your life where you are going to be hurt. I mean, what, what a revelation. And then look at the relationship. He said that the thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed. Now, there's a correlation there. Your mind and your heart. Psalm 139 said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. There is a correlation there. Luke chapter number two to this very person, Mary, in verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them, that's thinking about it, in her heart. Proverbs 23 and verse seven said, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Ephesians 4, 17, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth not, walk not as Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that's in them because of the blindness of their heart. 
because what you put in your mind and what you think about, as you think, so you will be. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so will he be. And he correlates these things together. The mind doesn't serve the heart rightly and the heart doesn't treasure God until an individual gets born again. That's why it takes, hey, and I know this, I know that salvation is not just a decision. And I understand it's not just a mental decision. It is a Holy Spirit incision. And it's not just writing your name on the card. It's not just uh, uh, you know signing the book. It's not just shaking the preacher's hand. It's not just coming up and saying I'd like to be saved. Uh, there's more to it than just signing it. Just signing down on a card. Hey listen, I didn't write my name on a card. He wrote my name in a book. But I am telling you, you have to have the mental capacity to make the choice to give God your life. And that's what it is. It is a decision. Where he leads me, I will follow. I have decided to follow Jesus, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God. It is your choice and you have to do that mentally because how you think will affect your heart. And the writer says this plainly. He said that the thoughts of the hearts might be revealed. You know what you and I need to understand this morning? We're the guardian of our heart. God has appointed us a guard, uh, to be the guardian of our hearts. It is a ward that should be under protection this morning. Proverbs 4, 23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That word there when it talks about guard or keeping, it's talking about guarding your heart. You don't guard things that's not precious to you. I mean, you're not gonna guard something if it's not dear to you. My family's dear to me. I will guard them, amen? And so will Smith and so will Wesson and so will Glock. But we, we guard things around here. Amen, you guard your life, you guard your family, you wanna guard your household. Some people guard their bank account. I wanna guard my testimony, but you don't guard anything that's not worth something. You only guard things that are worthy and you guard things that are worth something. And we only guard something precious and valuable and something that's essential to our life. And when the Bible said, keep thy heart, that means you put a guard up around your heart. That means you put a hedge up around your heart. You put a wall around your heart and you don't let anything get in your heart. Because I tell you what it'll do, if it gets in your heart, it's gonna come out your mouth, but the first place it starts is in your mind. He said that the thoughts of many hearts, now the word thought there, it's where we get the word dialogue. And so the thoughts and that's reasoning in your mind. That, that's really talking to yourself. <laughs> it, the word picture is a man deliberating with himself. And so we've seen people sometimes, we say, that fellow's talking to himself. Well, he's not, that doesn't mean he's schizophrenic. That may just mean he's spiritual. That means he's having a conversation with himself. I mean, listen, I, I tell you, well, that's why the Bible said speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, giving praise unto God. I mean, that, that's sometimes it ain't bad to talk to yourself. And sometimes it is. It's according to what voice you're listening to. Are you listening to the spiritual man? Are you listening to the scriptural man? Or are you listening to the carnal man? And that is the issue. That's why you got to guard it. He said your thoughts, dialogue. But then he said of many hearts, that's cardia. It is the word for physical heart. It is the organ that pumps the blood. Did you know this? That personality changes. I thought about when I read this, Brother David, I thought about the fact, and I don't know how true all of this is, 
But I remember one time, Brother Tim Green was talking about that he had a cornea or retina eye transplant and uh, he, he had them both done to correct his eyesight, either a cornea or a retina one. And uh, I don't know, I guess he got that from a cadaver. But he said, I wondered, he said, ever since I've had my eyes worked on, he said, I've had a strange desire to go eat Chinese food and come to find out uh, where he got his eyeballs was from, I don't know if it what went wrong, I don't know who it was, uh, but he got it from, uh, and come to find out he got it from some Chinese man, unless he's making that up. I mean, I don't think he was. And of course, he's kidding about that. But I found this out. Do you know people who have had heart transplants? Do you know this? Per, some of their personality sometimes will change. It's been reported and it's a scientific reported for decades. There's been account after account of recipients that acquired the personality of the person that had donated their heart. Uh, changes in preference, alterations in emotions and temperament, modifications of identity and memories from the donor's life. This is science. This is something that has been proven. I don't know how all of that happens. And I don't know how you correlate all of that. But, but I'm just, ha I, I mean, listen, I, I hope and pray that that does not uh, you know, affect anybody. I, I hope and pray that you don't have to have a transplant, liver or kidney or something like that. I mean, listen, I, I don't want to have any kind of transplant done like that. And surely, I, I, if I had to have one, I sure don't want the liver of a vegetarian, amen. I want somebody, I want somebody's liver that, uh, praise God, I'll go, I went through one and go through another, all right? But obviously here, what it's talking, it's not talking about the organ that pumps the blood, it's not talking about that. It is talking about the center and seat of your spiritual life. He said that the thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed. The soul, it's the mind, it's the seat of affection. It's your passions, your thoughts, your desires, your appetite, your affections, your purposes. I said that to say this, what is your passion this morning? You have a passion for hunting. I like it. You know, I, I know both seasons just right around the corner. And I know folk are excited about that. Some folk are excited about that. Some folk are not. I know because you don't have a passion about it. Or maybe your passion is fishing. Or maybe your passion is golf. Whatever it is. But I'll ask you a question. What is your passion this morning above and beyond everything else? Do you want just enough of religion to satisfy your conscience on a Sunday morning? Do you want just enough of passion that'll ease your conscience a little bit and make you feel better about yourself? That's why I went to church, because it eased my conscience. It eased my heart. It made my heart feel a little bit better. It took that conviction off. But I'm telling you right now, and I have not always, and I'm not saying that I've always done everything like I should, and I've not always lived like I need to live, but I'm telling you my passion for 25, October be 25 years, my passion is Christ. My passion is the house of God. My passion is the people of God. My passion is the business of God. What's your passion this morning? What drives you? What cranks your truck? What starts you up? What gets you going? I tell you, you are gonna do very little without passion. And he said the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. That's your uh, emotions, your sensibilities. You say, why is that, preacher? Luke 12, verse 34, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I like stuff, I'm not against stuff, but I'm telling you, I like this kind of stuff. 
I like pre- I love preaching. I am addicted to it. I love good singing. I love the fellowship. I love to be around the, the saints of God. That's my heart. That's my drive. That's my will. And I'm telling you, I'm no different than anybody else. I know we get weary and I know we get tired and I know sometimes this life gets hard and it gets rough and it gets rugged but thank God there is somebody on the inside I mean that'll get you up when you don't feel like getting up and it'll make you serve and you don't feel like serving God. It's your passion, it's your heart, it's your will, it's your drive and they're all correlated together because as you think, so you will be. I know God looks upon the heart How's that going for us this morning? If we did have a big screen, if we did have something up here and we just at random selected five people in the church and we put your heart, what what some of you think about right now, you might be thinking, well, I'm thinking he needs to be quiet. (laughs) Whatever it be. What if we put that up there on the screen? What, What if we put your heart? What if we put my heart? What if we put just... Select somebody and say, yeah, preacher, how many of us would stand up and raise our hand and say, yeah, go ahead and put my heart up there. I want everybody to see it. Well, I'm telling you, friend, there's gonna be some things, and y'all know how we believe around here. We believe a man ought to look like a man and a woman ought to look like a woman. But I'm telling you, you can have those things right and your heart be so far from God. You can be so far from God in your heart. And that's what he's talking about here. Look at the results. He said that the thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed. You know what that means? That means everybody in here, we're not gonna have to put it up on the screen. We're not gonna have to broadcast it. We're not gonna have to show everybody. When Jesus came, he lived this life. He showed us the example. He died on the cross, shed his blood for our sin. We're justified by faith through his death, burial, and resurrection. We believed in our heart. I tell you what God's gonna do. God's gonna show everybody who everybody is. He said that the thoughts of many hearts shall be, we don't have to put it on the screen. All we gotta do is look at your life. All we gotta do is have eyesight because our eyes has affected our heart. What you see and what you put in your mind will affect your heart. I don't have to wonder, is that person right with God if they're spewing out anger all the time? I don't have to wonder if that person has a passion for God if they just show up just every once in a blue moon. The Bible said that, this, that, that shall be revealed, that the thoughts in the heart shall be revealed. We all need our hearts to be revealed because we're not even aware of our hearts. Jeremiah 17 In verse nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, I know the heart. I don't even know my heart. I've heard people say, well, if I know my heart, well, you don't and I don't. That's why we need some revelatory preaching. That's why we need the word of God. When Jesus came, the living word of God, he said that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That's what the word of God does. Straight out of the book. Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. They all go together. 
That's why you need to be around somewhere where there's some preaching going on. And I'm not saying we don't want God preaching around here, but I'm gonna tell you what, we need preaching around here, and you probably need better preaching than what you're getting. But, hey, and listen, you, you, you might get a better preacher, but you won't find nobody preaching, uh, nobody preaching a better gospel than I'll preach. You won't no, find nobody preaching a better Bible than I preach, unless they preach out of King James Bible just like me, praise God. Hey, we need preaching. That's why we need it. We need God to deal with the sin in our hearts because what is in your heart is going to be revealed. You don't have to tell nobody about it. You don't have to put it on your Facebook. You don't have to put it on your TikTok. You don't have to put it on your Twitter. You don't have to put it on your Instagram. And it's my understanding now that the elderly people are in the Facebook. Now Instagram, it's what all the, the, uh, the young folk do. And so I'm just gonna preach a little bit right here. Y'all just, y'all say amen right there or I'll tear up Jack right in there for about 15 minutes. Hang in here with me. That's why the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. We don't have a jack in here, do we? No, all right, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. That's why it said, casting down imaginations and everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of, Christ, of God and bringing into to, to captivity every thought to, to the obedience of Christ. The enemy uses negativity to rob you of your joy. That's these vain imaginations. You know the Bible talks about 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 3. It talks about how that a person is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strife of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings. Do you know what that means? Evil surmisings. That means the thought life and the thought process is all negative. Now, it's in our sin nature to be negative. You say, you're sure I'm positive. I am positive about that. Negativity is part of our fallen nature. And so that's why we must fight those negative thoughts. That's why we must cast down those vain imaginations. That's why when those thoughts come in your mind, you can't meditate on them because here's what will happen. It's just like a cow that's out there that's eating. He'll start eating or she will start eating grass and then they'll sit down and they'll start chewing on it and they'll start chewing the cut and they'll start bringing that in and I'm telling you what it does. Uh, before long, it gets into the passage and it gets into their being. It gets into their passion. It gets into their gut and I'm telling you what'll happen is if you don't keep your mind right and if you don't cast down those vain imaginations and if you don't neutralize the negativity and the negative thoughts in your mind, those things will end up getting in your heart and you'll get them in your heart and they're just about impossible to get out. Amen. The Bible said this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 35. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. What's been coming out your mouth lately? Has it been good things or has it been evil things? Has it been negative? Oh, me. Mm -mm. Lord, help me right here. Please, in Jesus' name. You know why you run down the preacher? You know why you say something negative about the preacher's wife? You know why you say something negative about what goes on? You know why you pick everybody else apart and don't find no fault in your own self? You know why you can find fault with everybody else in the building and what they're doing wrong and what they're not doing right? The reason being is your heart ain't right. Your heart's not right. 
if evil's coming out your mouth, if evil's coming out your mouth toward me or my wife or my family or Miss Jimmy or Brother Mike Janot or Brother David Parks or anybody else in this building, honey, it goes way beyond what you've been thinking about. You don't let it get in your heart. You don't let it get in your heart. And I tell you, if it gets in your heart, if it gets in your heart, the thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed. Your heart is going to tell on you. It will tell on you. Matthew in chapter number 22. Here's what the book says. Now, I ask you a question. I'm not asking you, uh, you know, how, how's everything going? How's your wardrobe doing? How's, that, how's all that going? I don't have to ask you about that. You know why people got problem dressing right? You know why people got problem living right? You know why people's got a problem? They have a little drink here and a little drink there, and a little social drink. So you've been hiding. I tell you why you drink, because your heart's not right. I tell you why you have to sneak around, because your heart's not right. I tell you why you go out and look at pornography, because your heart's not right. I tell you why you're going out and doing ungodly and wicked things contrary to the Bible is because your heart is not right. Somebody that's mad is gonna come out. Somebody that's bitter, it's gonna come out. Matthew 22 and verse number 34 said, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Now what about that? The Sadducees got together with the Pharisees. They didn't even like one another. The Sadducees, they were sad, you see. Amen. All right, I've, I've, tried to, I've tried to ease the tension up a little bit. It's a tight right now. I mean, you, you could cut it with a butter knife, all right? Said, but when, uh, no, that's backwards. You'd have to have a sword to pierce through somebody's soul. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, boy, daddy, you gotta watch out for them lawyers, don't you? You really gotta watch out for them lawyers. You can't trust a one of them. Amen. Amen. Well, you can trust one of them. Said, then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus saith unto him, and there is no accident that he said these, these are in order. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. They're correlated. He said, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You know what the Bible said there in verse 39, and the second is likened, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. On these two hang uh, all the, the law and the commandments. Verse 41, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them saying, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. He saith unto them, how then doth David in the spirit call him Lord, saying the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David didn't call him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word, neither does any man from that day forward ask him any more questions. Jesus said, what do you think about me? Let me ask you a question. Where, where are your thoughts? Is your thought and heart wrapped up in Jesus? I'm not asking what you think about me. I'm not asking even what you think about this church. I'm asking you what? Think ye of Christ. Do you think enough of him not to grieve him? Do you think enough of him to love your neighbor as yourself? Because Jesus will reveal what you have been thinking about. 
Matthew in chapter nine, verse three, and behold, certain of the scribes said to themselves, this man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? He knows your thoughts. He knows your hearts. You can hide it for a little while. Genesis six and verse five, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Why? I tell you why we've got all the violence that we have, why we've got all the murder, why we've got all the things happening in America that is trickling into Gordon County. It's because of the hearts of people. It's because their hearts and their thoughts are over evil continually. You don't have to tell me what you've been watching. You don't have to tell me what you've been thinking about. It will manifest itself outwardly. Matthew 7 and verse number 21. He said, for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. Again, he said, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. You know what? People say, and I, I'm trying to get done right here, and I got a little bit of an early start. We'll try to get you out of here. People say, well, I tell you what, boy, when I got saved, I started watching my mouth. I didn't. I did not have to watch my mouth no more. One time my mother-in-law, and I don't even know if you remember saying this or not, but you know, y'all think I preach fast now. I preach pretty fast, but when I got started, I mean, and my, my mother-in-law, she's like, I'm afraid you're gonna say something. I've heard that you, you know, and I'm not saying that somebody can't be, you know, say something that you don't mean or say something by accident or you wanna say something that comes out wrong. But I'll say, brother, I'm not watching my mouth this morning. I'm not, I, listen, not one time have I said, boy, I'll tell you what I gotta do. I gotta quit cussing. I gotta watch it. I can't say this around this person. I can't say this around this person. I'm not watching my mouth because my mind and my heart are connected. I'm not having to watch what I say. I'm not having to protect my language. Praise God, my heart on the inside is full of Christ. It's full of good things. And I know my heart is deceitful, desperately wicked, and I understand that there's that propensity in my heart to do evil and ungodliness. But I'm telling you, I don't have to watch what I say as far as something come out just spur of the moment. I tell you, whoever you are in your heart, now listen to me, if you hit your thumb at the workplace, and I mean I'm talking about with a big old, I'm talking about a big 20 S-wing, and I mean you hit the thumb, and I mean it just burst. Busted is what we'd say. I, we got visitors here, and I don't want y'all to think I. I want y'all to think I'm. I'm a redneck. I ain't no redneck. It burst everywhere, and you grab a hold of it, and and it's. And I mean, you wouldn't. I mean, they wouldn't say it down at the submarine base down there at the Naval Academy, or where they have it at. I mean, even the sailors wouldn't say some of the words that I've heard people say. I mean, if you hit your thumb, whatever comes out of your mouth, that's what's in your heart. Amen, I know you don't like that, but that's exactly right. These people, they got a problem, something bad will happen, pull out in front of them and you'll cuss a blue streak. Honey, there's a problem in your heart. And I'm not going into great detail, but I know what I'm talking about. I'm just telling him when God came in my heart and God cleaned up my heart, God cleaned up my language. Amen. 
He did, he did. Because what's in there is going to come out. A neglected heart, you know what happens? When you don't guard your heart, it becomes confused. It becomes calloused. It becomes unruly. And you know what you'll do? You'll just, you'll just explode. You know what it takes? It takes pressure. It takes pressure. I'll tell you what God will do sometime in your life. He'll let a sword pierce through your soul. And he'll let sometimes things happen in your life. And it ain't cause he don't, it ain't, it's not because he doesn't know. It's because he wants you to know. He wants you to see, wait a minute, my heart is not right with God. It'll be very revealing. And sometimes it takes pressure. Sometimes it takes trials and problems. And the reason that folk have an issue with a lot of things in this life and I tell you, the re- I believe the reason that, that I reason men have problems, reason men have issues today and wanting to look like the world and act like the world and, and, and why are these old, and, and I, I may mean, listen here, boys. I tell you, ain't nothing, there's, there's nothing attractive about riches like that right there. Not one thing, amen, not, not one thing. Go ahead there, Pee Wee Herman. There ain't nothing attractive about that whatsoever. And they sure are not, not nothing attractive about the old pencil-legged, I mean, listen, I'm talking about, boys, get you some clothes that fit. If I can find clothes that can fit, I promise you, you can find clothes that fit. Find you some clothes that fit. I tell you, the reason that boys are doing it and the reason that girl, the reason right now, it's because you want to get right your heart. It's your heart. Now, listen to me. You want to get over here as close as you can and still not be reproached. You want to go get over here just as close as you can not to look weird. You want to get just as close as you can not to be ridiculed. You want to get close as you can over here and say, well, I'm going to tell you what, boys. I know, I understand that thou shalt go to the barber shop. I know that's not found in the Bible. I understand that. I know that. I know that. But I'm telling you right now, I mean, listen, you ought not go down and hang around at the tanning saloon getting your hair cut. your heart. It's your heart. It is your heart. The reason that you want to do that is because your heart is being drawn away and enticed and it can happen to anyone. That's why the psalmist said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Again, you see the correlation. Your mind, your heart, That's why the Bible said, be careful for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, if your heart's not right, you can forget about praying until you want to get right. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. How's your heart this morning? How's my heart this morning? There's gonna be a release of grace and I'm done. For the trials that she went through, there was grace to help her and God put a person in her path. In John in chapter number 19, when Jesus is crucified, he said, it is finished. 
And having, having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And when he said, it is finished, it was done. But before he said it's finished, his mother is there. And Jesus said, woman, behold thy son. And she looks and that last piece of bitterness is fulfilled. That last prophecy is fulfilled, it's finished. And then he said, behold thy son. Through the bitterness, through the trials, through the anguish of hearing the mockeries, you're gonna be mocked. You're going to be mocked if you get old time religion. You're going to be mocked. Well, you're just, you're just, you're just strange. You're just a stick in the mud. No, we're Bible believers. We believe the book. We believe what the Bible says. There's nothing strange about that. We just believe God means what he says when he says what he does. There's nothing strange about that. But if you really believe the Bible, you're gonna be mocked and you're gonna be ridiculed and you're gonna be made fun of and you're gonna be belittled. And I'll tell you what God will do just like he did in Mary's life. He said, woman, behold thy son. And from that hour, he took her to his own home. Jesus said, Mary, mama, I tell you what I'm gonna do, mother. I'm gonna put you in the hands of the apostle John and I'm gonna let him take care of you and tradition says that John took care of the mother of Jesus for the rest of her life. Do you know what I say this morning? If you'll endure the trial, endure afflictions as a good soldier, I tell you what he's gonna do. He's gonna put you in good hands with somebody that'll help you, nurture you, and take care of you all of your life. You know what Mary did? Mary's name bit, meant bitter, but that's as far as it went. That's as far as it went. That's what her name meant. And no doubt the thoughts in her mind, how could this happen? Why did this happen? That's her boy on the cross. And Jesus said, I'm gonna make sure that you're taken care of. I'll give you grace to help you until you get to the other side. I ask you a question this morning. How's your heart? How's your heart? You can hide it for a little while, but it'll take a trial. It'll take a problem. It'll reveal. The Bible said that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let's have one stand. Every head bowed.